0: Hello and welcome to MoonWise, a monthly podcast featuring conversations with women of power. I'm your host, Dorte Sophie Royal, and in this episode, we bring you a special solo show featuring a mosaic of winter magic. Winter is my favorite time of year, and I'm excited to share some resources for bringing intention and earth-honoring ritual into the holiday season. The show is divided into three chapters. First, I'll share the holiday planning resources that have greatly reduced my level of stress this month. Second, I'll share my thoughts on reclaiming the Christmas tree as spiritual practice. Third, we'll talk a bit about the ancient and little heard story of Mother Christmas. And I know that you, my dear listeners, come from many different backgrounds and many don't celebrate Christmas. However, I hope that this discussion is useful for examining inherited traditions and habits, as well as helping us remember that we all have choices to create more meaningful seasonal rituals for ourselves. Before we begin, I want to share my gratitude for our newest Patreon subscriber, Julia Weeman. I am so grateful for our growing Patreon community. We're getting very close to our monthly goal and all of your support truly makes this show possible. Right now, I'm sharing a very special Winter Solstice Magic Playlist on Patreon. The playlist is a celebration of the feminine, of hope in the dark, of celestial bodies moving close and then apart. Listen to it alone or with loved ones, over tea or a feast, by candlelight or midday. Most importantly, listen for the magic of your own being and dance as we honor duality and the regeneration of life. You can listen at patreon.com slash moonwise. Chapter one, holiday planning for magic, connection, and intention. Like many of you out there, I often succumb to the holiday frenzy. You know, that feeling that December is moving extra fast and there are so many things to do before the end of the year. There are presents to buy, lights to put up, cards to send, events to attend, the list goes on and on. It's funny because the energy of winter is about rest and turning within, and yet we tend to push ourselves to be bigger, brighter, and more festive than the year before. This year, my family, which includes my husband and my three-year-old son, made the decision to slow the holidays way down. We opted not to travel around Christmas and instead stay home here in Portland to create our own simple winter solstice traditions. I decided to pick only a few seasonal activities that were important to me and leave the rest for another year. One of the resources that I found super helpful in embracing this idea of a slow and intentional holiday season was the holiday planning guide by Sarah Jenks. She sent it out in her newsletter, which I highly recommend you subscribe to, by the way. It's over at sarahjenks.com. So here are some of her tips. Number one, get clear on how you wanna feel. What's the vibe you want in your house? Number two, write down everything you wanted to do this month. Number three, review that list and ask, if you do all these things, will you feel how you want to feel? Number four, take all things off the list that aren't in alignment and commit to not putting them back. Number five, schedule all of the activities in your calendar. Number six, review again. Does your calendar feel too full? Are there things you want to save for next year? Maybe you want to skip a Christmas party and go on a date with two friends. Maybe you want to keep the kids home from school one day and make cookies. Maybe you want to start a new tradition of having dinner in your PJs and making pancakes so you aren't stressed about doing a fancy meal. You get to decide. You get to prioritize vibes over perfection. Number seven. Every day, ask yourself, am I creating the energy I want to create? Am I feeling the way I want to feel? Why or why not? I hope you find some of those questions useful in planning this coming month as we enter 2020. Chapter 2, Reclaiming the Christmas Tree as Spiritual Practice This year, I brought a Christmas tree into my home for the second time in my adult life. It's a tradition that I grew up with and always loved along with the songs ornaments and smell that the tree brought to each winter. Now with a child of my own, I'm becoming conscious of the traditions that I want to include in our family's life. My son is almost four, so he's really aware of and curious about all the traditions we're weaving in. How do I explain this tree that is now in our living room? What do I want it to represent for us and how can we use it to bring mindfulness to the holidays? I start by imagining a time when our ancestors found each winter to be a challenge, when food was scarce and there were no electric lights to keep the darkness away. They saw the plants around them shed leaves, shrivel, and die away as the sun only graced the sky for short days. When they observed evergreen trees standing tall and proud with green needles shining through the deepest cold, what a sense of miracle and majesty the trees must have invoked. These same trees have found their way into modern popular and religious culture as the Christmas tree we know today, with mixed accounts of how this tradition came to be. Stories point to Germany or Latvia as the country with the first Christmas tree, and some even go back to origins from the Druids of Northern Europe who decorated their temples with evergreen boughs and the Roman winter solstice feast of Saturnalia, which also incorporated evergreen decorations. It's clear that long before the advent of Christianity, trees and plants that remained green through the winter were held in special regard by people who lived in cold climates. And it's easy to see how they could become a symbol of renewal and hope of spring before being connected to the Christian idea of life everlasting. The German folk song, O Tannenbaum, which dates back to the 1500s, is filled with awe and love for the plant. O Tannenbaum, O Tannenbaum, wie treu sind deine Blätter, du grünst nicht nur zur Sommerzeit, Nein, auch im Winter, wenn es schneit. O oh, Tannenbaum, O oh, Tannenbaum, wie treu sind deine Blätter. The translation is, O oh, fir tree, O oh, fir tree, how loyal are your leaves. You're green not only in the summertime, no, also in winter when it snows. O oh, fir tree, O oh, fir tree, how loyal are your leaves. In my own quest to understand and reawakening the earth-honoring practices of my northern European ancestors, I look at modern traditions like the Christmas tree to find clues. I'd like to imagine my Celtic forebears gathered in groves each season to pray under the open sky. Perhaps in winter, they chose a living evergreen tree in the forest to honor and make offerings to. Maybe they tied cloth and trinkets on the branches and left gifts and food at the base of the trunk. Perhaps they weren't worshiping the tree as an object in itself, but instead honoring it as a living portal that connects heaven and earth. How can we reclaim this practice and make it meaningful today? How can we be sure that we're not enacting traditions by rote without acknowledging the deeply spiritual significance of including a tree in our celebrations? Here are some suggestions for reclaiming the Christmas tree tradition as a spiritual practice. Welcome your tree as an honored guest. Your tree is a living being that has been growing for 4-10 to years on earth before being cut down to spend the last few weeks of its life with you and your family. Before you take it into the door of your home, take a minute to introduce yourself, say thank you, and welcome it in with love. If you use smudge or clearing tools, clean off the tree as you set it up or consider singing a song of greeting. Hold gratitude for the medicine of the plant. When you bring a living tree into your home, you're bringing medicine into your space. Pine, spruce, and fir trees are all known to have a wide range of medicinal properties. Pine oil is a remedy for colds and respiratory congestion, and fir tips are filled with vitamin C and antioxidants that can be made into a tea or syrup. The smell and presence of trees have been proven to alter your mood and reduce stress. Recognize that you're building an altar. When you put up a Christmas tree, you incorporate the four sacred elements of life as we know it. Earth, the tree, water, in the stand, air, around the tree and represented by ornaments, and fire, the lights. In many cultures, trees are thought to be a portal to powerful spiritual energy and a conduit from the earth to the stars. Decorating the tree is a way to adorn your altar and a chance to offer prayers with each object you tie into it. Try making your own ornaments from objects gathered in nature where you live, as well as symbols that have meaning to you. Pine cones, acorns, feathers, crystals, photos of loved ones, animal shapes, etc. Gifts shared under the tree are given with intentions for health, happiness, and longevity for the receiver. And finally, honor the sacred. It may seem wasteful to chop down a beautiful living tree to keep in your home for a fleeting few weeks. For this reason, many choose to eschew the tradition altogether or go with an artificial or symbolic tree, a living tree, to replant, or an outdoor tree to decorate. But for those who bring a real tree into their homes, perhaps it's a beautiful if bittersweet thing to know that it will die at the end of the celebration. The prayers, blessings, songs, and stories shared with the tree may then be taken to the other side of the veil. In this way, the tree in life is a portal and in death is a messenger. It takes with it the grief and sickness of winter, and in sacrificing its seemingly immortal life, it sweeps clean our lives in readiness for spring. As an addendum to this story, I want to say that I think this may be the last year we bring a live tree into our home in winter. These days, it feels like too much is at stake to cut down a living tree, and what feels honestly more fulfilling is protecting the trees we have and planting more trees. One practice my son really loves is bringing small food offerings to the base of the Douglas fir trees in our backyard. I imagine that as the climate shifts and unknown changes occur in 2020 and beyond, We'll all have to reinvent holiday traditions out of respect for nature's transformation at this time. Chapter 3. The Story of Mother Christmas I recently came across a fascinating article by David Halpin of Circle Stories, who writes a folklore blog relating to Irish fairy lore, global mythology, and ancient history. It certainly sparked some curiosity in me, so I wanted to share an excerpt with you here. You can see the full article on Facebook when you search Circle Stories. He writes, Mother's Night, the ancient Christmas Eve festivals you may not know about. An ancient winter festival which stems from at least the Iron Age is Mother's Night. This celebration took place on what is now Christmas Eve and was associated with honoring female ancestors and spirits, hence the association with mothers. What may be surprising to some is that this celebration is also echoed in some Irish Christmas Eve folklore. Unlike other less attested feasts which took place at this time, we have definitive written documentation of the celebration going back to the 8th century. This was a night when offerings and sacrifices were made to the goddesses, the foremothers, and female ancestors. Offering a portion of a meal, leaving out butter, honey, or drink, were popular means of appeasing and expressing respect and thanks. Burning fires, incense, and divining prophecy for the year ahead were other activities associated with this night. This should be no surprise considering the links between the Disir, the Norns, and the Moirai, all triple groupings of supernatural women goddesses controlling fate. It's interesting to look at this tradition in light of another goddess named La Befana who flew into houses bringing fortune to children who had been good and pieces of coal to those who had been bad. This tradition of a woman traveling the world bringing gifts is also embedded in Irish lore. Could this be a remnant of the ancient goddesses bringing good fortune? Here is one example of a surviving tale which was recorded in Carlo in 1937. It is said that every Christmas Eve night, an old woman goes on a sleigh from one side of the world to the other. The sleigh is pulled by dogs and it goes on the clouds. One Christmas Eve, the shaft of the sleigh broke and she fell to the ground. She landed beside a carpenter's shop the carpenter made a shaft for her sleigh. He watched and watched until she was out of sight. Then he turned and looked at the ground, and by some magic power, all the chips turned to gold. So perhaps Christmas Eve should be remembered for its much older association with female ancestors and spirits, as well as its association with the beginning of a new yearly cycle of the sun. Thank you for listening to the show. You can hear this month's lunar forecast and other episodes on moontent.co or subscribe to the MoonWise podcast on iTunes. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us on iTunes and leave a review. You can also leave a comment on the MoonWise Sisterhood group in Facebook. Our theme music is by Sophie Cooper from her album Rewilding. She's sharing brand new offerings over at voicealchemy.com, so go check out her work there. See you next time.